Well, bond yields continue to rise as expectations heighten just about everywhere that central banks will push faster and further on rates. That wasn't helped by employment numbers for Canada on Friday, which, like the US the week before, came out much higher than expected. So inflation that's taking longer to slow down and a labour market that's holding up in most places. And today, well, not much new news, but no doubt lots of jockeying for position ahead of the US CPI number tomorrow. The number that really counts. It's Friday, the 13th of February, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, in the U.S., 10-year Treasury yields rose seven basis points on Friday, up to 3.74%. Remember when we were saying, you know, that settled at around 3.5%. It wasn't that long ago, was it? In fact, below 3.4% at the beginning of the month. And last week, two-year yields rose 20 basis points, up to 4.51%. They were at 4.1% before those infamous payroll numbers the Friday before in the U.S. Aussie 10-year yields are at 3.71%, the highest for almost a month. Two-year yields, well, they rose 40 basis points last week up to 3.41% and yields also pushing higher in Europe another 7 basis points on 10 year bonds in uh, on Friday and 11 added to 10 year gilts Friday also saw the US dollar up 0.4% on the DXY with the euro down 0.6%, the pound down half percent, the Aussie down a quarter percent to 69.2 US cents, although it finished the week just about where it finished off the week before, whereas last week the euro lost 1.1% and the US dollar on the DXY gained 0.7%. But against that rising US dollar on Friday, the Canadian dollar pushed even more, not much more, but 0.1% up on that rising US dollar. We'll look at why that was in a second. And Shares, which have been very cautious lately, well, they stayed cautious in Europe with the Eurostox 50 down 1.2% on Friday, the DAX down 1.4%, but the Dow managed to gain half a percent. The S&P 500 was up a quarter percent, but the Nasdaq down 0.6%. In fact, over the last year, just to keep things in perspective, the Nasdaq is down 14%. And oil pushing higher, WTI up 2.1% on Friday, Brent up 2.2% to 86.40 a barrel. So uh, a little over a week ago, we were seeing the consequences, weren't we, of the, those job numbers, those strong US job numbers. Then on Friday last week, it was Canada's turn. And let's start on that with uh, NAB Sky Masters in Sydney. So 15,000 new jobs were expected, but the expect and the expectation was that the unemployment rate would tick up to uh, a little bit to 5.1%. Instead, we got 150,000 new jobs and unemployment stuck at 5%. So does that mean that the Bank of Canada, which uh, were set to pause and stay there, I mean, could we see them back to raising rates again? Morning, Phil. Yeah, I think it just it's this continued theme that we've seen over the last couple of weeks where the data prints are starting to challenge what people were thinking going into the end of last year. And that was that the data was turning, it was softening, that you were seeing the impacts of the higher higher interest rates and, um, you know, central banks could pause and that that's all being challenged. And, you know, if I look at what came out, the data prints that came out on Friday, it was really that Canadian report which sort of sent um, bond yields yields higher um, on Friday and, you know, US 10 years touching 375 on Friday night, um, you know, not we're not quite back at the yield highs that we saw in, in December, but, you know, listening to your introduction and 
you know, we're a long way off the lows that we saw in yields um, earlier this year. Yeah. And, you know, inflation, wherever you look, it's staying there, isn't it? So the Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, uh, the the one-year outlook, well, first of all, the, the, the sentiment level itself uh, was expected to be 66.4. Uh, it was a little bit higher than expected. Uh, but inflation expectations, 3.9% is uh, where it was. It came up to 4.2%. And consumer expectations have fallen from 62.7 down to 62.3. So the forward outlook is not looking so good. But the main thing is that inflation number is expecting to rise. Yes. So in that um, Michigan survey, you know, the, the big surprise was the, the big leap in um, current conditions, uh, which you said went from 68.5 to 72.6. Um, on the inflation front, the one-year inflation expectations did rise. You're, you're correct. But probably what, what the, the measure that is, is really focused on is the five to 10-year, um, and that held steady at 2.9. But the point on that is it is still quite high. It's still at 2.9. You'd prefer that measure to be down closer to 2% or sub 2.5, um, and it's it's not shifting. So, you know, consumer inflation expectations do remain elevated. And not a lot of central bank speakers on Friday. We had enough of them last week, didn't we? But Patrick Harker, we can add him to the list of those saying, well, two more hikes, then maybe more. I mean, that's the rusted on message now, it seems. Yeah. So there's been that that sort of um, theme coming out of central banks over the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like they've all come together and said, you know, we need to tell the market that we're not... (laughs) Um, we're serious not, about this. We're, we're serious yeah. about this. Uh, mm. And, you know, Harker just, just added added to that thing that you've seen. So, yeah. um, you know, I think when I look at um, markets sort of, you know, I spoke to you a fortnight ago, what's happened since then, uh, you know, as I said earlier, you've, you've, we've seen data starting to challenge market thinking. You've seen central banks maintaining a very hawkish tilt, and that certainly came out of the RBA last week. Um, and that's caused economists and markets to start to rethink their expectations on, on central bank cash rates. And, mm. you know, we're seeing terminal rates being, being raised and we're seeing, um, people push out the timing of, timing of rate hikes, a uh, rate cut, sorry. Mm. So, you know, higher for longer theme. Yeah. Although, I mean, we, so we are getting mixed messages from, uh, the Bank of England, aren't we? Incidentally, we've got those GDP numbers at the end of last week. The three month average for uh, to December is flat. So they have uh, ma- managed to avoid a recession by 0.1%. Uh, or however you want to count it. I mean, flat, flat possibly due to a rounding error, uh, they managed to avoid a, a recession, but they'll probably get it next time. But uh, meanwhile, I mean, that's part of the reason probably why the Bank of England, uh, in front of a, a government panel at the tail end of last week, were, were pretty indecisive, weren't they? We're getting very mixed messages from the Bank of England, whereas on the other side of the channel, I mean, the ECB is sounding very hawkish indeed. Yeah, and, and this is the the challenge for 2023, is, is you know, each central bank has to deal with their own domestic um, fundamentals. You know, last year, I said it before, you know, the, the theme was across every every country was we need to take cash rates higher, whereas this year, you know, different different countries are going to to um, be impacted differently by by the the higher cash rates and in in the UK as you said you've got the cost of living crisis um and you know so the 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 message out of the BOE might be a little bit more mixed but at the end of the day every central bank is data dependent yeah. and that's what 2023 is going to be everything is data dependent yeah. and if inflation stays high 
those central banks who are very much focused on getting inflation lower will maintain um, tighter policy. Yeah. Well, as you say, it's almost like they're all just they're all just copying the notes off each other as to how to pitch this. But I mean, so Isabel Snable from the ECB, uh, I think this was a mistake. She was taking questions on Friday on Twitter and looking at uh, looking at some of the comments that went along with it. I think she might not do that again. Uh, but her message was uh, rates need to be restrictive. They need to ensure their policies are transmitted to the economy. Yeah, we know this, which means high rates until they see robust evidence that underlying inflation returns to target in a timely and uh, and solid manner. You know, that is uh, that is straight from the central bank speaking hawkish handbook. I mean, they're all saying pretty much the same thing. They are. Right they are. And, you know, I, it doesn't mean continued rate hikes from here. Um, you know, I do feel like we're mm. getting closer to the timing of of a pause. Um, but, you know, we said it before, um, I'll say it again, a pause doesn't mean the next move is a cut. You know, it, it, it's, it could well be the next move is, is another rate hike. Um, and that's the challenge for markets in 2023 is to, to navigate. Yeah, but it does path. seem to be, I mean, obviously the inflation number itself, and of course we it's an important week this week because we get the US CPI uh, tomorrow night. Uh, but it's 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 like it's the, 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 the just how strong the labour market is seems to have spooked people. So, uh, you know, I keep on saying it's not good for those people losing their jobs, but it would be nice to see a few softer numbers to, to help give at least a reason for central banks to back off a little bit. Definitely. And and I do think, you know, the, the further you get into restrictive territory, the closer you are to, to central banks pausing. Uh, I guess just the challenge at the moment has been that your markets were probably getting a little bit ahead of themselves in um, pricing in pausing or the timing of a pause and and the next the next move. And you know, as as I said before, the data into last year was was suggesting that was a fair, you know, possibly a fair um, a fair expectation. But the data over the last couple of weeks has started, you know, has started to challenge that. Um, you know, and labour markets are remaining very very tight. And you know, you you read it in um, the RBA statement of. Monetary policy, which came out on Friday, you know, their liaison is saying that actually maybe sort of wage pressures in Australia are, are sort of did pick up over, over December. Um, and, you know, so, so there is still that, that pressure on, on wages as, as labor markets remain tight. So, you know. Although they didn't change, they didn't change their forecast on growth, though, did they? I mean, they, they upped their core inflation forecast. But I think they kept their, their, their forecast for wage growth pretty much the same, didn't they? I think they picked it up. It, they, a little bit, maybe. Mm. They have picked up their forecast for wages, um, but they've kept. I think they kept their forecast for growth and the unemployment rate the pretty same. much unchanged. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, I'll tell you, there's a place where there's not a great deal of inflation right, just yet. Uh, that's China. But we did see the annual rate rise on Friday from 1.8% to 2.1%. So no big worries there. But it is starting to pick up, isn't it? So January's month-on-month inflation was 0.8%. But then we saw producer prices falling, minus uh, 0.8% in January, year-on-year, which was a, a bigger fall than expected. 
Um, so mixed numbers there. And then, you know, on the positive side, a pickup in new loans and, and ag- aggregate fi- financing, because, of course, they want to get the economy to kick back in uh, fully and quickly, uh, doing the exact opposite of everybody else. But, I mean, it's that, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, core to everyone's concerns right now. But what about that inflation number in China? Could it be a worry? A worry in, in what sense, Phil? Well, if we, I mean, if we see it small now, but if we see it continuing to rise... Oh, well, I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, I think it, it, you know, I guess the risk is, is that it continues to, to rise. Let, let's see what, what happens in China. But I mean, I think at the moment, the focus definitely is the reopening, um, of China and, and what that means to, to global growth. And, and that's part of, I guess, the reassessment that we're seeing, um, in terms of the outlook for 2023. So certainly, like, you know, um, don't, you know, wouldn't be great if inflation sort of took off in in China. Um, definitely not. Um, but let's you know let let's let's wait and see what happens. But again, as I said, you know, two thousand twenty three is is a data dependent year. So it's going to be you know it's going to be quite volatile. I think in terms of markets as as we react to each key data print that comes out and try and assess yeah what that means for central banks. Yeah, well, including US uh, CPI tomorrow night. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a key one to watch, isn't it? We also get the now business survey tomorrow and consumer confidence. I'm talking about what's happening tomorrow because uh, there's not a lot happening today. Uh, but uh, we uh, we also get uh, what do we get from Japan? Uh, the uh, oh GDP growth for Japan as well tomorrow. And speaking of Japan, uh, Kazuo Ueda is uh, reportedly going to be the next uh, Bank of Japan governor. True place, uh, Governor Kuroda. So he's he's a professor. He's he has been on the board of the Bank of Japan before, but basically he's a an outsider. I'm not sure. Is he a follower of the uh, yield control curve policy, or is there going to be a bit of a change of direction there? Certainly, we saw some movement, didn't we, in markets around Japan on Friday? Yeah, you did. You did see an initial reaction in in the the yen, but it, it did retrace as as the day moved on. Um, as uh, Ueda said. Um, he thinks that the BOJ's current monetary policy is appropriate. And for now, he thinks it is necessary to continue e- um, easing measures. Having said that, um, you know, Amamiya was seen to be more of a continuity candidate to replace Kuroda. So I think this, this announcement, if, if it's true, does create a little bit more uncertainty around, um, you know, what, what the BOJ Jay does with the yield curve control policy this year, and um, maybe it gets removed a little bit a little bit earlier. But we get the announcement of the new governor on the fourteenth, so tomorrow. All right, we'll leave it there for now. We'll see what the day brings. As I say, very quiet in terms of data, but uh, you know, um, it it could be a choppy week again, couldn't it? We'll uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, good to talk, Sky. Thanks, Phil. And thank you for switching us on or downloading us or whatever it is you do. Uh, We will be back again for another one tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you then.